Hey everyone, welcome back to the Church Hurts Podcast. My name is Josh McLemore, and if you have been paying attention the past week or so, uh, it's been a lot. I live in Georgia, and we are off, fresh off the heels of the death, killing of Ahmad Arbery in the streets, a man who was just jogging and then shot by people who pursued him. And the more we hear about that case, the more it becomes apparent exactly what uh, that was. And then just recently in the past week, we had the killing of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis, um, something that has caused protests all around the country. Um, and I wanted to take some time as our country is having this conversation about racism, um, what is seemingly systemic racism in our country, to elevate um, voices of color uh, as much as I can. So I asked my friend Ade Oni to come on and talk about how he is processing all of this stuff, um, how he feels as a black man, as a black pastor in this country, what kind of things is he feeling and going through. And then we have some conversations about how can white people be a better ally? How can we respond to these situations in ways that are helpful and in ways that, um, are actually speaking to the needs of the communities that are going through uh, such tragedy. And so we have that conversation. And then we talk a little bit about what can the church do? How can the church uh, start to work towards doing better? Because obviously what we're doing is not working. So that is the conversation that we are having. I'm so blessed and thankful to have a day come on and speak to us, um, speak to me, speak to you. And um, I just am thankful for his time and his his, his energy because I know, uh, and you'll hear it as we talk. I mean, I, you, he's, you, people in the black community are, are tired. They're just tired. Um, and so I just want to say thank you to him uh, for coming on and being willing to speak. And I'm going to shut up now and let's get into the Church Hurts podcast. Hey, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody uh, who you are and, and just a little bit about your um, connection to, to church. Hey, y'all. My name is Ade Oni. I'm a student pastor for the Summit Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I didn't grow up going to church at all, so I, I kind of have one of those uh, salvation stories Um that's like uh, God just pretty picked me up, pretty much picked me up uh, out of the darkness. Like um, sophomore year of college, uh, some folks uh, on the front lawn of Valdosta State University uh, just reached over like, hey, why don't you come, you know, hang out with us, come play football with us. And like, you know, by the way, we're the Wesley Foundation. And I was like, Wesley Foundation, what, what, <laughs> what, I don't, I have no idea what that is, but y'all seem cool. So I guess I'll go hang out. Um, ended up playing flag football with them. Uh, the team was terrible, but, uh, they invited me to their <laughs> midweek service, um, called pursuit. And, you know, I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll go hang out with you guys. You guys are cool. And, um, the campus pastor, his name was David Scott, man. And he, uh, I don't even remember what he said. I just remember being broken and going up to him afterwards, this huge, <laughs> this huge former college athlete, black guy going up to David Scott, which is like a five, 10, 140 pound white guy. Um, and I was like, what do I do? Like, how do I don't know what to do? Um, and he's like, well, have you ever surrendered your life to Christ? And I was like, surrender. I didn't know anything about surrendering my life to Christ. I thought I just needed to love God, you know? Um, mm. But man, in that moment, like I, I couldn't shake it. I went back to my apartment um, and I was like, I, I'm i going to try this. I, I, I think this is what I need to do. So I, I knelt down in front of my like armchair in my room, bro. And uh, man, I surrendered my life to Christ. And then in that moment, my life was changed forever, dude. So um, yeah, so really my story is just uh, God interceding in my life and, um, and just surrounding me with just awesome people through, through the Wesley foundation, 
um, through my local church in Valdosta and just the, the men of God that um, he brought into my life to disciple me and just um, bring me to the point now that, you know, that's what I try to emulate um, as a student pastor. Now I want to create a place that, you know, the, the student would feel welcome to come into and not know a thing about God or, or what mm-hmm. it is to be a believer, but to, to feel comfortable in to not knowing to come encounter the true and living God. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm about it. That's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. so, so just a little connection point. I mean, so I was, I was, I was in the Wesley, you know, right after that. So that's where you and I met and, um, you know, in and, in and around Valdosta and at the Wesley foundation and different church stuff. I mean, we got a lot of connection points. Um, and so, yeah. Anyway, that brings me to how we get to here, um, because you know I'm we're at the point that we're recording this. This is what Friday, May 29th. and um, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. Um, you know, in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, uh, our our country in particular is dealing with um, some significant racial issues that have kind of popped up. Um, mm-hmm. I say popped up. They haven't popped up. They've been there for, for forever. But um, kind of a couple of things back to back have happened um, in there in, as it pertains to um, just the way um, people handle um, things that are being done to uh, people of color and, and things that are happening to people of color. And I have, um, you know, obviously a lot of us are at home. We're kind of in a weird state of semi-quarantine but not right um, i think that <laughs> right. means a lot of us are on social media. yeah i think that means a lot of us are on social media more and uh because of that i've been seeing you know you see everyone's opinion on everything which we kind of always did but i don't know something i don't know if you feel this way but i feel like something about it is more more concentrated now i don't really know what what's going yeah. on there but yeah it's like hitting um, differently that's the way now. i feel yeah 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 a hundred percent and um so because of that, um, I've been kind of paying attention to um, what my uh, friends on my Facebook and, and my Twitter and other social media, my friends of color are are saying about these, you know, multiple things that are kind of happening. I mean, honestly, right one on top of each other. And, um, you know, you as a pastor um, was real. I was really interested to see what you were saying. Um, and then, you know, knowing I'm coming out of a church um, that is primarily white and, um, kind of, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, um, these things that are happening all over our country, but I didn't want to just be like the white dude with a microphone. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, and so I reached out to you and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, decided to come on. Um, something I told you before I hit record, is what I don't want you to, and I, I know you wouldn't, but I don't want people to think that I'm like, "Hey, a day, come and speak for all black people." Um, what I what I genuinely want to hear, and what I want my listeners to hear, is what is a day feeling as a man of God, as a um, a person in the in the church, uh, a pastor in the church. What is he feeling and and walking through um, with these different things, and then as a pastor, um, what are some ways that the church can do better? Um, what are some ways that we can do better? And so that's where I plan on us going today. And I just wanted to say again to you and publicly, just thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, man. A pleasure. Um, okay. So let's rewind, um, a little bit and, um, you know, we have this, this pandemic, which is one thing altogether. Um, and then, we start hearing the news um, about uh, the sh- the shooting of Ahmad Aubrey. Um, just tell us, um, you know, kind of when you when you see a story like that, um, what's kind of what's the first thing that you kind of are feeling? Yeah, with with stuff like that. Um, honestly, man, I. I, I kind of deal with a little like a uh, fight or flight response. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't want to engage. I don't want to watch the video. Um, I don't want to watch another video. Um, mm. I don't, I don't want to deal or hear the, the, the responses. I don't like, I guess it's, it's honestly, man. Um, I realized this the other day is, is I don't want to hurt 
again. Like I don't want I don't mm-hmm. want to mourn again. Like I I actively tried to disengage. Like when I saw that video, um I had read the news story before and I was like, okay, this is messed up. But when that video came to light, it's it's unreal. And mm-hmm. I actually had a mentor. Um I had like a mentor that I, I meet with once a week. And uh, we were just talking, man. And he challenged me to, to to not run away from it, but to sit in it, to sit in it, mm. like to sit in the emotion and the feeling um, and to write it out. And so a lot of the, the posts that um, you're even referencing are in response to that one mentor challenging me to not run because I don't, who wants to deal with pain? Like, I don't want <laughs> it's, it it's our natural like reaction. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Um, but as, as a pastor, um, and as a shepherd, uh, man, we're, we're called to lead, bro. Like in times like this, we're called to lead. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of like a range of emotion, like flee, confront process, ask the Lord to give me words to speak. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I talked about, you know, you said it, 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 it hits different right now and it does, um, social media wise, because I think what I was shocked to see with that particular story, at least on my, you know, this is anecdotal in my Facebook friends list. Right. But, um, I saw people commenting about that, that I wouldn't have seen comment on other things that were similar. Um, yeah. you know, I think back to, to other situations that are almost, you know, almost carbon copies of, of something along those lines, um, and how those people didn't respond then. Um, you know, when I think of, um, people like Trayvon Martin, I mean, yeah. I just, there were people on my friends list that I remember when that happened and the things that they didn't say. And so like now they're outraged and I'm like, okay, cool. But like, (laughs) welcome to the party. Right. Um, and I say that like, you know, as, as a white dude, um, but there's gotta be some element of like, y'all, we've been here this whole time. What, what, like, what are you, Yeah. why are you upset now? Um, yeah. I mean, do you you get that feeling sometimes? Yeah. And I think that's, uh, man. That's such a, that's such a great point. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor, you know, I'm the pastor. I'm the shepherd. I feel like God has given me a, a degree of grace. Um, I guess that maybe joy, extra, whatever, to be able to, um, kind of take the posture of just like, Hey, I know you, you know, I know you're kind of hopping into this conversation. I know your eyes are opened. Um, I'm not going to respond in you <laughs> with like, yo, where have you been? This is what I've been trying to tell you. But I, I kind of mm-hmm. take a posture of like, now that you're here, you know, now that you're, you say your eyes are open right. or that you're, you're, um, you're broken or that you're weeping with me. I want you to take a step from now that you, now that you're aware, now that you're resonating with this, I want you to take steps towards becoming engaged, uh, learning, educating yourself with, with this topic and moving from just awareness to becoming a person that actually stands against injustice and racism that uses your voice. Like that's been like the posture that I'm like, man, I'm like, like rally the troops, like reaching back. I'm like, come on, like (laughs) rally the troops, like, all right, and let's move forward together in this. Mm. Yeah, that's good because, um, and I, I don't know, man, I, I tell you, I, um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that out of you and I'm glad, but like, I also am like, man, the restraint that, that I, that I feel that that must take. I mean, that's, that's a God thing because I feel like it would be so easy to just be like, y'all stupid folks that weren't listening. Like we've been trying to right. tell y'all, um, right. so I'm just like, um, I'm, I'm humble that you're able to, to take that, that sort of posture. Cause I don't, I don't know that I would, I don't know that I could. Um, yeah. And honestly, bro, like 
that is not the response of every person of color. Like I said, like I'm a pastor and I feel like this is like God has given gifted me to whatever degree to, to minister and shepherd. But, um, man, like Mm -hmm. you will see, and I'm sure you have seen, um, anger and frustration and it just kind of feels like you have someone blown up and, you know, you walking in the door and like your significant other blowing up on you and you're like, I just got here. Yo, what, <laughs> like what happened? You know? Um, and that's kind of like that energy is like that, that like we, you know, just for, I'll phrase it this way for, um, a lot of my white brothers and sisters. And I use the term brothers and sisters, like sincerely, like brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, mm-hmm. For a lot of my white brothers and sisters, it is, I can't believe this happened. Um, what's going on? This is terrible. And for, man, for my black brothers and sisters, for my people of color, it's here we are again. Here we go mm-hmm. again. Um, who is it this time? You know, that's, that's the energy. So um, right. just kind of giving some perspective on that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's important um, for for folks to hear um, that are that are coming in, um, and you're seeing these things happening, um, and and you are kind of a lot of us white folks are coming in and being like, oh my gosh, this is craziness. How could this happen? Um, I think I think we need to be aware. Um, just what you said that you know our our brothers and sisters in Christ of color, um, they have been wrestling with these things maybe longer than we have um definitely longer not maybe but uh and they've been experiencing and recognizing things um like this um and and have been dealing with it and so now we're coming in and like they're already you're already mourning um right you've been you've been mourning and so now we're coming in um and i look i think i think it's good in a sense of like we I feel like, and I hope, of course, I'm pretty, I'm kind of pessimistic on this point, but I hope that what we're seeing and kind of the, the amount of it and the weight of it and the social media-ness of it hmm. uh, might be doing something different. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, do you get what I say when I say like, I'm, I'm just really pessimistic? Yeah. Because like, I feel like in this moment, you kind of have, well... And we can get we'll get into this in a minute, but I feel like for a moment there with with Ahmad, I feel like we had this kind of groundswell of um, togetherness that was happening, um, where we were like, "This is bad. Like this is this can't be okay." Um, and I was hearing that from people that I never heard it from before, um, and I, I felt hopeful in that, even though there was a part of me that was talking to some friends of mine and I was just like, I don't know how, cause they were like, Oh, this is, this is, this is going to be, this is going to turn out. Okay. And I was like, I don't know that I believe you like, mm. because I've, we've, we've seen it enough times where it wasn't like, you know, right. things were like, like a lock it seemed, or it seemed like that was, you know, you're going to knock it out of the park with that one. And, and people walk free and people don't end up answering for the things that they did. Um, and so it was hard for me to to not be just like, well, this is going to be, you know, another George Zimmerman. Um, this is going to be another Trayvon Martin case. Um, and, you know, I don't, you know, that that was tough, but, but I, there was an element of po- positivity that I wanted to take hold of. Um, yeah. And, but I, but I know that as hard as that was for me, it has <laughs> to be harder <laughs> Yeah, in a situation where you've been watching that narrative play out for a lot longer. Yeah, and man, I I don't, and I guess even just to shed some light and why um, situations like this um, resonate with people of color, with black people so deeply, is because it's this connects to a history. This connects to our experiences. That I, I was. I was telling somebody uh, yesterday that, you know, my my daughter saw we were watching CNN and saw the news report. And I had to explain to my daughter, like what was going on? She's eight years old. You know, like Mm -hmm. we we've had experiences that, um, you know, we've been at uh, an ice cream place in town and 
you know, my, my kids are playing on their little playground or whatever. And there are some white kids that were playing there and my kids don't, you know, they don't think twice about it. That's just how, you know, our experiences. And so they, they go to play and share the equipment or, and the um, father of, you know, these, these white kids are like, you know, calls their, calls his kids to the table and is like, Hey, I've told you not to play with kids that look like them, you know? And that's, that's mm-hmm. elementary school, bro. So like when, when mm-hmm. like stuff like this happens, it resonates personally. It resonates. Um, so mm-hmm. it is like, it is that, de- that um, degree of anger and frustration and explaining, you know, things like that to my daughter that, um, you know, even though she is the sweetest and can share and can play nice and be respectful, that there may still be people that see her and treat her um, differently. You know, that's, that's what we walk with. But what's been encouraging and what I've, I've had to come to time and time again is that I have seen um, my white brothers and sisters take a stance this time, like this Mm -hmm. time they taken steps towards engaging in this conversation. Like this time saying like, okay, like, let me listen to the podcast. Like, let me listen to the sermons. Let me listen uh, to the audible. Like, let me get the book. Like I'm, I'm willing to learn. Like I want to learn this time, this time it won't be different. Like this time I'm going to take a step, like help me take a step. And I've let that like, is that not the process of sanctification? You know, like that step, let me mm. take a step that I can be more like Jesus today. Let me take a step that I can be more like Jesus and loving my brother and sister of color today. Like that is the Holy Spirit mm. working in the hearts of believers to take a step, just one step today to be more like Christ and to share Christ with my brothers and sisters of color. And that's what's been encouraging. Like that's been the light that seems like, uh, you know, all the social media, media, whatever you want to say, like darkness and all the darkness that's, you know, surrounding and, um, you know, darkness equals like ratings and what seems to be going on. But like, that's been the light, like the personal conversations, messages that are like, I'm here. I see you. I love you. And I want to engage and take a step towards understanding in this um that's Mm -hmm. been that's been like okay god you are doing something (laughs) like this isn't just like hot air like you are doing something in the hearts of believers and i mean even like there will be a harvest from this that's what that's been the language that um Mm -hmm. i feel like uh, i had a brother call me yesterday and that's that's the language that we kind of settled on is that man i believe i believe that there will be a harvest and that we will love our neighbors um so much better from this. Yeah. I believe that. I believe it. And not just the neighbors that look like us, but our neighbors of color, of every color differently. And we can be that neighbor that um, brings Christ to our communities, yeah. to our neighborhoods, to our workplace. Like we can do that. So yeah, man, that's what I've been holding on to. Man, that's a, that's a good word. It's a good word. And, and I, what I, what I appreciate and, um, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I keep think I keep just coming back to the word humble because I mean, I just think of the grace that what you're talking about to, to have that positivity, this sort of, um, the sort of grace and forgiveness that has to be there for that to happen, um, is a lot. And so, um, you know, that's why I keep coming back to this word humbled because, um, I think it would be so easy to go in a different direction and you, and you've been, and you know, you see, you do, you see it all over social media too. Yeah. Um, so that's a, I know that's a God thing. Um, for sure, for sure. Um, so I know you're getting positive, but I want to, I want to pull you, I want to pull you down again. Um, because you know, I think you're right. I think what I was feeling after Ahmad was this, this kind of swell of we're in this together. Let's fix this, fix this thing together. I mean, you, you, you're always going to have your, your wait and see folks. You're always going to have your, we don't have the whole story folks. Um, but there was an element with that particular event that felt like, okay, something different's happening here. Um, then, uh, we see this video of George Ford, um, 
and we see, you know, yet another, uh, you know, <laughs> brown face uh, k- killed by a cop I and mean, we watched it happen. Um, and I say another because it's, it's, I mean, it's another man. Like it's yep. this, we, this is, this is a story that's played out um, in our, in our country um, a lot uh, and a lot recently. Um, but it, to have it come so quickly, mm-hmm. let's focus on that first. So, yeah. so the quickness with which that came after Ahmad, what is that doing? What, what did that do kind of um, for you? Yeah. Um, Bro, honestly, just, just anger. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I honestly even wrestled with my heart to a degree that, man, is my own heart becoming numb to this? Um, because one of the things that we, we, when I say we, uh, the other, uh, pastors of color that, uh, of the church that I, you know, that I work with, um, work for, you know, one of the things that we talked about is that, we hope we can grow and we want growth because there will be another video. There will be another incident. Um, Mm -hmm. The work isn't finished. This is like, this is like a long-term life long. Like this is something that we are going to be seeing and dealing with. Um, But I just did not expect it to be so soon. Um, And I I think with that is, uh, you know, a similar response There's the anger. There's, I I, I don't want to watch it. Um, my wife was the one that um, brought it to my attention and the length of that video and the amount of time mm-hmm. that was spent on George Floyd's neck by that officer mm-hmm. is simply infuriating. Like it, the, I don't, I don't have any other words for it. It's, it's beyond words. Um, mm-hmm. So and when it, when it comes to, when it comes to that again, here's, here's, I guess, kind of the posture change. Okay. Is that, you know, from, from Ahmad, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, I can't believe this happened. My eyes are opened. And now that with George, it's like, okay, now that your eyes are open, I don't, I don't need you to tell me like, I'm sorry. What I need you to do is to use your voice now, like to use Mm -hmm. your platform. Like from now I, I want, now that you've been equipped, now you are able to take a stance. Right. And this isn't, this isn't, I think this, this isn't simply like a race issue. This is a gospel issue. This is an image bearer of Christ um, that was not treated as such. Um, Yeah. So when, when you see stuff like this, like I, I, you know, I weep with you. I'm sorry. Like those are, those are, those are great. But what encourages me the most is when I see, like, I can't, I can't, I can't comment on, on every post that I see. I don't have the, <laughs> the mental and emotional and spiritual bandwidth yeah. to comment on everything. But every time I see a white brother or sister comment, um, against the post that's insensitive, um, that's, that's the encouragement. Like, that's the encouragement. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there is growth, growth from, from Ahmad to even just a couple weeks from Ahmad to where we are now, like there is growth. Like there are people that are saying like, this is wrong and I need you to use your voice. And it's not just the people of color that are like, yo, like say something, please. But it's like, yeah. we need our white brothers and sisters, um, allies, like to come alongside and just say like, to call out like other white brothers and sisters. Like, I think that's mm. the most encouraging and most powerful thing right now. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I want to I want to uh, take a minute and repent. I, I said his name wrong earlier. Um, and and, you know, part of that came from if I'm being honest, you mentioned kind of a um, just like a not even wanting to kind of deal with things sometimes. Yeah, Um I think, I think maybe on, on a personal level on my reaction, like, obviously I know of the story I, I saw, you know, a little bit of the video. I'm going to be honest. I had to, I didn't watch it all of it. I, I couldn't, um, which is, you know, man, what a, I don't know. I, I feel like even that comes from a place of privilege sometimes of like not having to, Sure. I don't know. <laughs> People have to mourn in their own ways, I guess. But, yeah. um, I, because, because of that, um, you know, I haven't spent 
as much time sitting in it because like, I know it's there and like everybody is talking about it and it's been in, in the periphery. But, um, I think I've made a conscious or maybe an unconscious decision not to, not to engage as much. Um, sure. Not, not with the, the new, the news piece itself, but like I've been engaging with the attitude around it. Um, but I think because of that, I, you know, maybe the, I don't know, maybe that's why I messed up the name or maybe I just don't know how to remember names, but uh, I want to repent for that. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah, I think something you just you just knocked on something really important, and it's I think it's been kind of my attention the past week is feeling a need as a white man to speak loudly to other white people. Um, and there's this point where I feel like. And, and again, this is all coming from a place of privilege, right? But I feel like I, I get to this point where I'm like, "Ugh, this is exhausting, like having to com- convince all of these people that this thing is real. And then I like check myself because hmm. I hear from, you know, my, my African-American friends that are like, yeah, dog, like that's what <laughs> we do that every day. <laughs> like yeah. that's, 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 that's what we've been doing. And like, again, there is an element of, you know, welcome to the party, and so I check myself and be like, okay, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta dig in. You, you got to, um, because I think if the response after Ahmad and then you move to George, if the response to that thing is like, okay, like you said, your eyes are open with Ahmad, so now what are you gonna do with that? Um, if if it's not a response, if I didn't make a response to 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 George, then I feel like that would that would mean that I wasn't. I wasn't learning. I wasn't growing from the thing before, but here's where, here's where for me that gets dicey. Um, and I think it's for everybody too. Um, with a mod, you're dealing with quote unquote regular people. Sure. But with George, now this has become a cop thing and there is something really hard to break, especially in the place that I live. Um, when that becomes a part of the conversation. Um, because now not only is it a race thing, but it's a, it's a police thing. And then because it's a police thing, now it's a political thing. Mm. Um, and so not that that has stopped me. Um, but I, I know that I, I know that it could have, I know that there were, there were posts that I, or things that I had started to say about that case, um, that I, I checked myself for a second longer before I hit post because I knew what I was going to have to like wade through. Um, because now I'm talking about a police officer. Um, but again, like that's the, I mean, is that not the, the thing that you, that you have been weighing every, I mean, every time something like that happens, like that's. Do you think that makes yeah. it more complicated? Yeah, there is a degree of, um, I suppose, I can't think of a better word than uh, counting the cost. Um, mm-hmm. And when I, I, I think, you know, it's even, I guess it's even more powerful because the thing is, it's like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a family, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, trained people that we trust to um, honestly maintain the peace and protect us within our own society, like the people that are supposed to be protecting us. Um, and then the, right. the idea that there were four of them and not one of them was mm-hmm. like, yo, chill, like, like, take, like, all right, we got them. You know, that's, that's all it would have took is one person to be all like, right. all right, man, we got them. Let's, let's, you know, let's load them up. I think we got them. Um, <laughs> That's all, it's all it would have took. And it, it is, it does hit differently. Um, because now it kind of paints like a bigger picture, right? Um, if we're looking at, uh, the police force that's mm-hmm. local to, you know, that area, I heard it said that, you know, when, when, a, uh, dealing with, um, you know, when you're talking about like police force, we're not talking about like one huge thing, like, each individual city county like has their own like police force like their own you know so it's it's now that you know with 
with incidences like that, now it's kind of like, okay, what's the response going to be in the Raleigh police force, which I just so happened to live next to a police sergeant, um, which I, which is, you know, he's a, about a, a 36 year old white male and we go fishing together. Like that's my bro. Like, and we have honest conversations mm-hmm. about this and they have honest responses to, to things like this. Like as a police force, like seeing statements from other police forces, like, yo, this is, wrong and i think those statements from other police forces like across the country that are like they went too far the the position that he used on his neck uh is not something that we're taught actually we're taught about you know the asphyxia that that can cause like that is something that we're knowledgeable of um so that police officer was actually knowledgeable of the asphyxia that he could cause by the pressure that he applied to that area. That is like common knowledge um, and part of their sure. training. So I think that's the part that's uh, fascinating um, when stuff like this comes up because Call it's like, rejected. sorry, that was in my van. Um, no, you, you all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's kind of in response is like, yes, there is a response from the individual and realizing that like, okay, like, as a police force, this is like a bigger picture, but we also see responses from other police forces across the country. And I think Mm -hmm. that is also the steps, you know, it's like, I need the individual to take a step. And you also see like police forces taking steps across the country to address this and to speak into this. And I think that's, that's where we need to be. And almost that encouragement too, that we can agree other policing forces are like, this is wrong. Um, so even yeah. let that be an encouragement to even speak out like this is wrong. This is something that shouldn't have happened. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, the, 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 the idea that there needs to be an individual response, but then there's also this institutional response, um, that, that has to happen. And you do see it. I mean, I've seen those posts, um, from, from different, um, police offices and you see that going on and, and that's, yeah, I think that that is a something you can look at and you can view positively. Um, you know, I think what I was what I was getting at and and what I think is is is, is the problem is you know it is <laughs> there becomes this this like thing that happens in I think it's mostly a justice system thing where you we're supposed to we we are called to support police officers there's there's such a such a movement of you know back the blue and all those things and um and so it it seems like and my worry was and still is that there are people who would engage with Ahmaud Arbery who are not going to engage with this um because this is now talking about police and then I think that gets doubled and intensified um by kind of where I wanted to go next because so that happens and then we start getting protests because of course we do because um, that is what people should do when they see an injustice, right? That's fine. Um, then you start to see, um, you know, what's, what's called a riot. We start to see that. Um, I think that makes it more difficult for people to engage. Um, you know, I, <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of people on, on social media say, you know, uh, some version of the same thing, which is basically like, I totally get what was what he did was wrong. That cop deserves to be, you know, be uh, held accountable for that. Uh, but I don't condone this, right? Um, what are the when you? Because I know you're seeing that too. Because like that's the post. That's that's what you see. So I mean, do you have any any thoughts in that direction? Yeah, um, man. I've 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 heard it said that. Um, rioting is the the overflow of that pent up anger tension and lack mm-hmm. of justice um i would almost say that if uh, gosh man if those officers were arrested or detained um there might not have been the same response um mm-hmm. You know, I clearly, uh, the idea of looting and, you know, um, hurting local businesses and, 
Um, you know, that's, gosh, I feel like it becomes the, the distraction, right? Like it becomes the, the, it, it, it changes it from the focal point of like, let's band together and speak on this injustice and take steps towards like unity, um, over this to like, now we have, you know, um, this, this other thing that's going on and I, I hate it. Um, I really do mm-hmm. because, uh, it, it gets so messy. You have people that, um, even some of the ideas that like, uh, you know, some people are intentionally trying to break stuff. Some people are like, you know, whether they're white, black or whatever, like going around intentionally trying to destroy businesses. And it's like, you know, you have people that are trying to protest for a cause, but you have other people that might have like malicious intent, like all of it gets so muddy and gets so lost. And it just really breaks my heart. Right. And, um, it really does. And, and it becomes, yeah. um, man, honestly, we forget about George, you know, that's like the, the reality is like, we forget about George. Yeah. We forget about like the actual steps that we can personally take, like personally take towards, you know, reconciliation and growth and loving our neighbor. And it becomes the, like, you know, this attention on, on, you know, the riots and the looting. And I hate those mm-hmm. videos, man. I hate seeing it. I hate, I hate to see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's kind of my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I think there is an element, um, of kind of being like, okay, come on for real. Like it is, it, it is a distraction. And I totally like here, here's where I, I wrestle and I know that I'm in good company because, um, Dr. King would had a speech where he, he talked about this exact yeah. thing, right? Yep. Um, what the, the riot is the language of the unheard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, I bring that up because I've seen a lot of people reference Dr. King when they talk about these riots. Um, and I'm kind of just like, I'm going to need you to, you know, put some respect on that name because <laughs> like, yes, um, there was, yes, he pushed for nonviolence and he pushed against rioting and against that sort of behavior. Um, because and from my, from my listening to the speech and reading it, um, because it wasn't fruit, it wasn't going to be fruitful. Right. Um, you know, the, the point that I didn't hear in that speech is that it wasn't justified. Right. Um, it was that it wasn't going to be fruitful. Um, and so, and I think you, he proves that because the next part of that speech, when he talks about the riot is the, the voice of the unheard, he, he goes on to say that, you know, we, when that happens, we gotta, we gotta have to look at what is it that we're not hearing. Right. Um, right. And so that was my my thing yesterday. I had a couple of interactions on Facebook about this, and people are like, "Oh, the rioting, and they shouldn't be doing that." And I'm I'm totally on board. I'm like, "Okay, yes, but why are they doing it? <laughs> there why would not be a riot um, <laughs> if justice was met. If, right. if this and didn't someone, if this didn't happen, there would not <laughs> be a riot." Yeah. And then, and then, you know, this person was like, well, the thing that bothers me most and, you know, someone on my Facebook was like, well, the thing that should bother you most should be the guy that was murdered. Yeah. Um, that's exactly. And yeah, I say all of that to say, I, I think, you know, exactly what you said, it becomes a distraction. Um, however, there's a, there's a tension that we have to deal with. I think mm. with the fact that yes, it is a distraction from the bigger issue, but it's also a symptom of the problem. Yes. Um, and so like in no way am I going to be like, yes, you should. I think, I think where I was shocked last night. So last night I'm on a, I'm on a zoom call with some friends and the video comes through of the police precinct burning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a part of me that was like, well, at least now we're at the, we're at the source. Uh, maybe the source wasn't a target, but you know, if we yeah. got a problem with police. Um, I understand it. I can, I, under, I feel it. I understand. Um, but it was, it was shocking to watch that video yeah. going yeah. down, um, last night. But, but I was like, you know what? Like I, I get it. Our country has come to this point so many times. Um, where <laughs> this is what we end up with. Um, and it's one of those things of like, it's, I, f- there's this feeling in me that if we could, if there's a wall, we're like, we're like just about to break through on issues like this. 
And then we come to a point like this and it becomes about something that's not the thing. It becomes about the riots. It becomes about the looting. It becomes about the whatever. And we, like you said, we forget the thing that caused it. Um, and you know, obviously with both of us being, you know, men of God and being in the church, I mean, that's, that's the enemy through and through to take, to take a thing that is divisive, but mm-hmm. should be unifying us and then make it more divisive by throwing, um, you know, for lack of a better word, fuel on the fire. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, yeah. And so I think that's where, I think that's where the church has to be like very clear right now. There's good. I'm, I'm telling you pastors, <laughs> you want to pull away now because there are buildings on fire. Um, I think that's the enemy, man. Like you want to pull away from discussing, you want to pull away from putting this on the pulpit because now it's a riot. Yep. Um, So don't talk about the riot. (laughs) Don't talk about, I mean, don't, don't deal with it. I mean, you got to deal with it, but what you got to deal with is why it happened. Um, But I know that there's so many people who are going to be like, ah, I was going to talk about it. And then the rioting started. And so now I'm not. Um, And I just, I won't, I won't, my my people on the pulpits to hear that and, and, and just let go of that junk. Um, I don't think we, I don't think we have the luxury Hmm. to not speak up. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would say that, I mean, to a degree that we're not even, we're not living out of the gospel as ministers of reconciliation. If we're not actively trying to bring reconciliation, um, we have to we have to speak into matters like this. We have I mean our, our congregants, we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to lead and shepherd <laughs> during this time. And we're we when we're not speaking into matters like this, we're pretty much letting the wolves have, have at our sheep. Okay, so we've kind of um, there was one other thing that happened this morning. I don't even I don't I don't have the energy really to to deal with it. And it was just to, it was the president's response to all of this and the tweet that came out this morning. Um, because I want to do something practical here. So I'm just going to say this briefly. Um, hmm. Words like thug and things like that are used for a very specific reason. And you all know what it is. Um, and the idea of a leader threatening to turn the military on civilians is very disheartening. (laughs) Um, And I think churches, you gotta, you gotta speak to that. You don't want to because politics and religion are too comfy together right now. But I think you just gotta, um, I know I said, I mean, I, I just, I needed to say that. So I, real quick, I mean, do you have, I mean, you got a thought there? Do you want to leave that one alone? Man, other than it's, it's, you know, the, choose my words here. The, the role or the response should be to lead um, during this time and not threaten. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> um, yep. You have you have people hurting. You have um, a community, a city that is literally burning, um, mm-hmm. and the response um, should be to lead and guide um, and seek justice during this time, uh, not to threaten the people that are hurting. Yeah, not to threaten the community that is hurting. Um, <laughs> that's probably all. I'll leave it at that. Um, hey, look, that, yeah. that's a good, that's a good word. And honestly, this is what I want to say about that. I want, I did want to address it because it, it happened this morning. Um, and it, it kind of follows the thread of what we're going, but here, here's why I wanted to bring it up because, um, our trust isn't supposed to be in those governmental institutions like that. Um, so I'm appalled at the language. Um, but I also know that my hope doesn't come from who lives in the white house. Amen. And um, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let's let you and I finish this up by talking about the thing that we can affect because we can't affect what somebody decides to put on Twitter. What we can affect is how is the church going to handle this and how is the church going to do better? Mm. Um, and so 
we, you and I, before we got started, talked about some, let's, let's get some practical ways of like, for our white brothers and sisters out there that are, that are wondering, which I'm one of, if you, if you're wondering what you can do, let's give you some practical things that you can do. Yeah. And then from a church standpoint, let's give the church some practical things that like, here's how we start to do this better. So yeah. kind of like you said earlier, there's an individual and there's an institutional kind of responsibility. Let's start on the individual. What yeah. can, what can we do? Yeah, man. I honestly, the, I would say the first step is to not pursue your own comfort. You're, you cannot pursue your your own comfort and try to justify your own train of thought before listening to a brother or sister in Christ. Like if your if your energy is to try to respond and and, and try to justify um, and maintain your own perspective, your own comfort, oh, and then honestly you're not you're not seeking to love you're not seeking to love your neighbor. Um, be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to self-reflect, be willing to engage and to possibly change, be willing to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. that awkward conversation with your, with your, your friend, your neighbor, that person of color that you're like, when you get time, because not everyone's always in the same place, but when you get time or you get energy, I would love to hear, um, your thoughts on the matter, how this affects you. Can you share some of your experiences with me? Help me to see what I'm not seeing. Um, just listen. Mm-hmm. Just listen for a moment. Um, if all you're hearing or all you're hearing from are people that look like you, that people that are in the same socioeconomic place as you, um, then you can't possibly claim to have a well-rounded perspective of this matter. Um, secondly, mm-hmm. uh, man, there are um, books, there are sermons, there are blogs, there are resources where you can take a moment, like take a moment to educate yourself um, on this matter. Uh, engage, engage, like own this yourself. Another train of thought, is to um, create a safe place. I think that's one thing that we've done as a church is to create a safe place to have these conversations, to create a safe place to say, hey, is this thought, is this train of thought, um, does this have some prejudice to it? Does this have an air of racism to it? Or, or What am I not seeing? And I think that's been the most encouraging thing that I've seen is that there's been an increased sensitivity to racial matters, even the consideration that I like mm. the, 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 the not be so quick to speak, but to listen. And now that you're listening, now you kind of see that, like, I'm, I may not be getting the whole picture on this. Like, I, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm hurting a little bit, but I also see that my, my black brothers and sisters are hurting differently. You know, that's when that you start to see mm. that heart change. You start to see your neighbor in a different light. Um, and brother, that is the most encouraging. And that is evidence of the Holy spirit opening your eyes and softening your heart to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that you are able to see them in a new light, um, to see me holistically. And that's honestly, what's been encouraging for me is that I see, um, white brothers and sisters like are now starting to see, um, what it is, um, to be a person of color. And to, to be a believer, um, uh, a man of God, and to be a person of color in this country, like it, it's not the same experience. Mm, yeah, man, it really is. Um, you know, I think there are so many of, of my friends that are white that would be like, like they know it. They 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 would they would tell you that they know it's got to be a different experience, but they don't they don't they don't know what it is. They don't know they they haven't lived it. Um, you know, I, I think of my wife and I, our best friends, um, are, um, an interracial couple. Um, he's black and she's, uh, she's Mexican and we go to restaurants and with them and I, you see the looks, um, (laughs) you see the looks of people, um, of like what's going on or you see, 
you know, you see the difference in the way they're treated at a restaurant than you are. Um, that that junk is real. Um, and I'm at, and as, as gut wrenching as it is to see it, people that are white that are listening, it is worse to live it. And yeah. so um, there's something I've been I've been trying to make myself do um, and trying to help people around me see is like, OK, why don't you just listen for a second? Mm-hmm. Um, because like. I know you. I know you're heated, and I, I say that you know a little bit tongue in cheek because here I am talking about it on my podcast. But um, we have to be willing to listen to to people who have gone through things that we haven't gone through, um, and willing to listen. I think what you said is perfect. Even when it is hard, even when it's difficult, even when it might have to inspire some change in us. Yeah. Um, we got to do it. We got to do it because that's. That's what it looks like to love people. Um, and we just, you know, we have we have to do it. And so I want to encourage um, you know, folks that are listening to 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 you know reach out and and talk to people and understand that like this is what I've experienced with a couple of my friends where they've been like, um, they get kind of extra overwhelmed with all of this stuff that's going on, and they're like, I don't have time to educate you. <laughs> um and at first, my my you know, initial reaction is, but I just want to know, you know, you see people like, I just want to know how I can help. I just want to know, you know, this, that, or the other. But like, our friends of color are exhausted and they can't, they don't like, they they can get back to us and they can talk, but like, I must, you got to have a break at some point. Yeah. Um. That's why I was like, when I, even when I sent you a message, I was like, he could totally say no. And I get that. Um, Because like, it's a lot. It's a lot to live and then have to educate. Um, so people be be aware of your friends and and their needs, even as they are processed because they are processing the same well, the same trauma, but in a different way. And they're having now to educate to educate you. Um, so give them some time. <laughs> I mean, that, does that sound crazy? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I would definitely say, I love, I, I just really respected how, um, even you engaged me. Um, you know, you didn't take it personal if like, you know, if I was just like, Hey, you know, not today, let me, you know, let me get, let me get back to you, you know, tomorrow, even the timing that we're doing this, I'm like, Hey, let's, let's try to do this first thing in the morning before, like, you might not want to hear what I got to say at the end of the day. Um, but honestly, like that's, that's, I, I mean, you know, oh, you know, leave leave room. I I just just create space. Like, hey, when you're ready, or you may I've I can't tell you how many people have like texted me or messaged me and just like, hey, you don't even you don't need to reply. Just know that I love you and mm. I'm engaging in this conversation on my end. Like, I stand like I love mm. you. I see you. You don't even have to reply. Um, and I'm like, that's yeah. the one. Like, that's the one. Because I need to like times where just the enemy wants to divide and just isolate. I mean, are those not like the main tactics of the enemy to confuse, to divide and to isolate? Um, Like when I feel that I just, I just had um, white brothers and sisters just, just text me. I felt like the, the Holy spirit was just like, just a reminder that you're not alone just a reminder that there are other people that care mm. about this, just a reminder that there are other people that are growing in this matter. Um, and that see you and love you and, and want to grow and are giving you space, um, in this matter. And I was just mm-hmm. like, man, I, I needed that. Um, my campus pastor, um, Gabe Bailey, uh, you know, we, we had our staff meeting on Wednesday and the first 15 minutes are like, Hey, bro, we just want to pray over you. You don't have to say anything or speak into any of this. We just want to pray over you. And I just wept, bro. Mm. I was just like, thank you. Yeah. Like I needed this reminder. It was so sweet to my spirit. That's, that's so good. Um, I was reminded today I was driving home to, um, I dropped my kid off at daycare and I was coming back to, to record this and, um, I was reminded of like a, a while back ago, my wife and I um, were up in Atlanta 
and we went to the um, Center for Civil and Human Rights. Mm. Um, have you have you had a chance to, to make it over there? I haven't. Okay, so it's like right where like World of Coke and um, the aquarium are. Okay, cool. Um, it's in that same area, but they have this this is really interactive museum um, about civil the civil rights movement specifically in Georgia. Um, well, at least part of it is, and there's this one room where you walk in and there's like a line of people like at a theme park or something. Right. Um, and I look kind of around this line and what it is, is there's a, it's like a, a model of a lunch counter. Um, and there's chairs at it and people are going and sitting at this lunch counter, but then they put on these headphones and I, um, I, I kind of knew a little bit about what was going to happen, but basically what it is, it's a simulated like sit in experience. Thing. Oh, that's cool. So you put the headphones on and they're, I mean, I'm not even kidding. The best headphones I ever put on my head. Um, <laughs> the, the sound was incredible, but it was also, I mean, so what it was is you, you hear the voice of someone like basically telling you to move, telling you to get up, telling you you're not welcome there. Um, all the things that someone in that, in that time period would have been hearing at a lunch counter. Um, and then I think if I remember correctly, there's even a spot where like the, the seat that you're in kind of shakes, like somebody's trying to, to pull you out of it. That's pretty cool. And I got up, I mean, I was, you put your hands on the table and that's how it does it. It does it by your, your hands, like, or what sets off the audio. So if you lift your hands up, it stops. Mm. Um, and so I, I was like, I'm going to ride this whole thing out. Um, cause I, I feel like this, I need to, I need to hear this. I need to experience this. And I got done and uh, there's a guy who comes behind and he cleans the headphones when you get up. Um, but he was a young black guy. And he looked at me as I was walking off the platform. And I mean, I was crying. And he goes, are you okay? And my heart broke like even more because I'm like, there is so much love and grace in what he just asked me. Mm. Because first of all, no, I'm not Okay. But my re- response was, I want to hug this dude Yeah. <laughs> because Gosh. like, why the heck are you asking me if I'm okay? If I was yeah. in his, this is, this is, this is what I'm saying. If I was in his position, I feel like I would have been like arms crossed, like, mm-hmm, see, <laughs> but, but that wasn't his reaction. There was such a, there was such a love in what he asked me. And I, I, I think about it randomly, um, just about how big that was. Um, and that is what it looks like to genuinely care um, about people. He, he was concerned in that moment about my response to trauma that he and his family and his brothers and his sisters and his mom and his dad and everybody that he knows that's the same color of him has lived their entire life. His response to that trauma was to be like, are you okay? Hmm. Um, that's what I, that's what I want to see from the church. I want to see that sort of, that sort of question, that sort of love. Um, because that's, that, that junk breaks down this other stuff. Yeah. It just, it just does. Um, man, like, you know, Josh, I, uh, and I guess in one of my posts, um, I said something along the phrase that, you know, the silence is deafening. Mm. The silence is deafening. And we like, we know, we know like we see it we hear it um or we don't hear it like we we know like the the people that have just been like at minimum just been like this i can't believe this happened you know this is Mm -hmm. i'm sorry like i from and from a church standpoint Mm -hmm. from a body of believers from from the leadership of a church for, for the people that are supposed to be shepherding and, and guiding for um, expositing the word, uh, gosh, silence in times of injustice. Mm. Man, are, are we living out what we're preaching? Mm. Like our, I mean, even just a text message, my, uh, I've had pastors and just, fellow staff members just text me, email me and just, just send me scripture of just encouragement during this time. And I'm like, just thank you. 
just thank you because like you like <laughs> you don't know it but you're you're keeping me here like i'm 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 a black man that works for a majority white church um we are pursuing <laughs> diversity we're pursuing you know to become a multi-ethnic church like we have steps that we're taking towards that um but to see it not just be lip service but to literally mm-hmm. like people to reach out to text to pray to post like those are things that make all the difference. And honestly, things that <laughs> keep me here. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I mean, the, the like I said, the silence is just, it's deafening. Yeah, it is. And so that's, that's kind of where I want to, I want to end with that thought of the silence being deafening and churches. Um, you just can't, you can't be silent anymore. Um, we, Not this time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Man, I want to, I want to thank you for coming on, um, and being willing to be open and, and candid and, and honest. And, um, just wanted to say that I'm, I'm thinking about you and I'm, I'm praying for you and, um, you know, anything that I can, I can ever do for you to, to be an ally in this, in this. And you just, you just let me know. Brother, I appreciate it. Um, just much love for you, man. Thanks, dude. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, I hope that this has um, done some moving in your heart and your spirit to to want to do better. I think the church can do better. Um, and in a in a podcast, it's all about um, loving the church uh, in spite of its hurt. Um, we have an opportunity to step in and and fix some real damage that we've done and correct. Um, a wrong trajectory here on the way that we handle issues of hurt. Um, you've heard it, you've experienced it now from, from a day standpoint. Um, now I just challenge you to go in and talk to, talk to your friends, hear what they have to say. Um, and, and use that, um, to move the needle on this thing. Um, once and for all. So thanks guys for listening and I will see you next time. guys for listening hopefully you enjoyed this episode if you did please be sure to leave us a rating and a review that helps us climb up those ranks if you want to contact us with your story of church hurts you can reach out to us at whenchurchhurtsus at gmail.com or if you're on the anchor app you can actually go and leave a voice memo and we will be able to listen to that on the show and talk about it on the show so if that's something you would like to do to retain your anonymity you can totally do that. We want this to be as safe a place uh, for everyone to be able to share their stories and, uh, and be able to heal from it. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time.